You know, he was correct when uh, he said uh, he threw me for a loop when he asked me to do a sermon on the greatness of sin. And, uh, you know, for the first week, I prayed about that. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I struggled with it. I said, you know, why me? What, uh, you know, what, what, what is Curtis trying to say to me? What's the Holy Spirit trying to say to me? And uh, as I prayed about it and, and uh, worked through it, uh, it took about two and a half, three weeks, but the Holy Spirit woke me up at about 1.30 in the morning one day and just started writing stuff about what my take on the greatness of sin was. Um, I want to start this by saying that uh, being a part of this group, a men's group, where men can gather together, uh, here's, some, here's some of the Word of God uh, preached and taught, and then have the ability to chew on that at all the different tables. That, that's a huge blessing. That's a huge blessing. There is so many different walks of life here. There's so many different uh, ways that we have all got here. And, you know, the Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so my prayer for you all today is uh, when we get through with this, that uh, share with each other. You know, this, th this is a place that's a safe place. If you can't share in a place like this, amongst brothers like this, how are you ever going to portray Jesus out in the world? How are you ever going to get honest out there in the world? This is a protected, safe place, this sanctuary is. And so what, you know, the old saying on television, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, what goes on in here will stay in here. But we're here for each other to learn from each other, just like the Word of God says. So the title, like Curtis mentioned, was The uh, Greatness of Sin, and as I get out of my walk of denial here, put on my, my specs. Um, I want to start this message out uh, with a, a passage of scripture out of Proverbs 27, 19, and 21, and it says, as in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Verse 20 says, Sheol, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. I was eight years old when I asked Christ into my life. It was a night I'll never forget, walking down to the front, in front of the whole church. It felt like my legs were almost glued to the floor. Shame and guilt flooded over me like a tidal wave. The Holy Spirit was alive and well. Yet with all those emotions racing inside of me, I just kept on walking, wishing that I'd sit closer to the front. I was headed for the altar. Attending church was something my family did consistently three times a week, twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday evening. If the doors were open, we were there. Growing up, in, uh, growing up uh, Sunday school was something I usually looked forward to. One of my favorite games we played was scripture races. Everyone had a Bible, and we sat with it closed in front of you, something like this. And when the teacher said go, 
they would announce a scripture and the first one to race to it careful not to rip the pages in the Bible was honored to stand up and read that scripture uh, I uh, as 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 uh, let's see here let's see here the teacher would call out a scripture and we would race to find it being careful not to rip the pages whoever found it first had the privilege to stand and read it you see my grandfather and my great-grandfather were both pastors I learned about Jesus and forgiveness of sin starting at an early age it didn't make it any easier walking forward I was eating humble pie and I didn't like the taste of it it meant that I had messed up and I needed to ask for forgiveness you see my conscience was working on me that was almost 50 years ago and that memory is still vivid to this day growing up in the 60s and 70s life as I knew it was pretty good I grew up out in the country we had a small place with a few head of horses and, and cows playing cowboy was the life when I wasn't doing chores at home, I would be working for my dad at his gas station. I started at the very early age of four. Everything dr dramatically changed when I was 10 years old. My parents quit going to church. At 12, they decided to get a divorce. Unfortunately, children are typically the biggest losers in a divorce. I still carry scars from that time in my life. I remember telling my grandmother that as soon as I was old enough to drive, I would be back in church. You see, my family had slowly quit attending church. It was a slow process. Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, then church altogether. The world was slowly closing in on me, and I was headed farther and farther away from Jesus. All that started with magazines. I can't remember how old I was. Many of you may remember the magazines Playboy and Penthouse magazine. Pornography. Today we have access anywhere and anytime, day or night. It's available on your phone or on your computer. Doing chores at home and working at the gas station kept me busy enough to keep me out of any real trouble for the most part. From 12 to 16 years old, my parents tried to remarry and work things out at home for us kids. Jesus wasn't, wasn't included, so it never really had a chance. When they divorced for the second time, I decided I was done with church. At 16 years old, I met a 23-year-old beautiful bombshell who worked at my dad's gas station. I was the manager, just the kid who ran the gas station for my dad. I just had to see, taste, and feel sin. Girls were a whole lot more exciting than church. Actually, women and beer were a lot more exciting. My parents decided to change the family business from a full-serve gas station mechanic shop to a self-serve gas station. The conversion was made, and we were now all self-service. My parents were in business for as far back as I can remember. They taught that you needed to work hard to succeed. I was also taught that you needed an edge on your competition. The self-serve gas station was implemented to drive up profits and lower overhead. No labor to speak of, just collect the cash when people showed up and did the work themselves. Remember, the scripture about eyes never being satisfied what a better way to attract business than to hire a beautiful worldly hottie all she had to do was look good smile and collect money she was hired to attract lots of customers and did as the manager of the gas station I opened and closed the station quite frequently one night I showed up to close and lock up 
the gal working asked me for a ride home. Before, she, before we left, she asked me if I needed to get home right away. I said, no, my parents won't have a clue when I get in. Wrong. I could barely hear that small voice saying, danger, run. Not listening, I said, sure, I'll give you a ride. As we left the parking lot, she asked me if I liked beer. The man, at, the man in me at 16 said, sure. She said, let's go to the drive-up liquor store. Since I didn't need to be home right away, once again, I said, sure, why not? We stopped, and I bought my first six-pack. As we pulled up to the window, I ordered, ordered. The clerk looked at me, then her. She was sitting right next to me in my pickup. The clerk handed me an ice-cold six-pack. My innocence ended that night. Everything that I had went to church, learned about sin, it was happening right now. I walked away from grace that night, never having a clue that something like this could happen, much less to me. For the next 24 years of my life, I ran from my roots. Women, drinking, weed, meth, coke, Acid, mushrooms, pretty much anything to have fun. You see, they didn't call me Good Time Charlie for no reason. I was driving the bus to hell, and I was taking people with me. I had one motto in life, and that was to be shared. A good nickname for me would have been Samples. I loved women. I spent four to seven nights a week in the honky-tonks. I learned that if you could dance, you didn't have to talk to women. They'd just come get you. I had one failed marriage. I had a girlfriend that I had to drive to get an abortion, along with several other things I can't and don't want to remember. Looking back, it was a terrible time in my life. I was running, but from who and or what? In the year 2000, a friend of mine, I helped a friend of mine walk through a divorce. This is someone that I smoked weed with and drank with. During his crisis, he went to church for some counseling. He found Jesus there and convinced me that I needed him as well. This is one of those guys that would wear you out once they're convinced they're right. He bugged me daily to go to church with him. One day I finally agreed, okay, okay, I'll go to church with you. One time. But it has conditions. The first one was, he was never, ever to ask me to go again. The second one is, second is, I knew all about Jesus. I grew up with him in church. And, he, you know, he wasn't going to convince me of anything. The third one is, I was looking for anything, and I mean anything, that I didn't agree with, that I didn't grow up with, and that was so I would never have to go again. The last but not least is, he was never, ever, ever to bring it up or mention it again. There's a scripture in the Bible that my grandfather used to quote. It's Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Guys, I can't tell you how important it is to keep your, you, you, get your kids in church and keep them there. The title 
of this message has just changed from the greatness of sin to the love and power of Jesus. The first time back message was on tithe. I don't remember the title nor the details, just the overview. You see, Jesus never gave up on me even when I was totally unlovable. Holy Spirit started chipping away at my heart. Later that year in a hotel room in, Dallas, Fort, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on a business trip, I had to come to Jesus meeting with my Lord and Savior. I repented and asked Jesus if he would come and live in my heart. He graciously did. That's where my journey and destiny begins. A life of asking forgiveness. A life of asking for forgiveness. I would love to tell you that I lived the straight and narrow. My attempt was pretty ugly at first. Oh, I was serving Jesus, but it was always on my terms. I still drank beer, whiskey, and yes, even got high and turned on praise music. I was once asked, what would I do if Jesus was standing next to me when I was getting high? My ignorant response was, well, if it was good, would you like some? My point here is I was doing it my way. I stand before you today a righteous man of God. Not because of what I'm doing now, but what Christ has done in me and for me. I'm totally, I, I've totally surrendered my life to Christ. I've pulled all the bones out of my closet and live a life of repentance. I am a Christian saved by grace. You see, no one here has a sin problem. If you've asked Christ into your life, sin was defeated at the cross and still, excuse me, still is. What I have is a choice problem. Whether I, when I sin, sin, Satan doesn't make me do anything. I chose to do it. Whether I thought about it or not, I chose to sin. It's not okay to sin, period, end of story. We can be forgiven if we ask. The part about sin that's rarely mentioned or discussed is there are, there are consequences for sin. That's room for another sermon. It costs us when we sin, not to mention that it grieves the Holy Spirit. I want no part of grieving the Holy Spirit. It's all about a life of submission. Victory begins with submission. And yes, it's okay to fall on your face and ask Jesus to forgive you. King David was a great example of someone who messed it up. He was called a friend of God. The reason, he was quick to repent. My walk for the last 19 years has been an amazing journey. The last 10, I've been living a God-blessed, highly favored life. I'm one of the licensed ministers at my church. I'm blessed to go on mission trips play on the praise team, and walk in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit when needed. God will equip you for the task at hand. I've prayed for and witnessed <clears throat> dead coming back to life, blind eyes from birth being healed, be healed, tumors vanish on the spot, cancer healed, broken bones snap back into place, along with thousands of other miracles too many to mention. I will tell you that I would never have had the honor to be a part and to share in God's glory without walking a life of repentance. 
Remember that Satan loves the darkness. If you keep it hidden, you, Satan will continue to torment and tempt you with it. There's supernatural freedom in repentance. I'm eternally grateful that I was raised in church as a young child. The seed that was planted has never died. Thank you, Jesus. That scripture, once again, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up your child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Guys, this is a small snapshot of my life. Just a few details. The greatness of sin, seeing what that did to my life, the grief that I caused to others, the grief of the Holy Spirit has changed me. We all, I don't know if there's anybody in here that hasn't asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord, Master, and Savior. If you haven't, this is a, this is a good time to do so today. I truly am grateful that my friend Ron over here, Wade, Tom, Tom, Michael, uh, this, this table over here where I hang out, when, when these messages are given or teachings are given, we're able to discuss the topic that was talked about. My prayer for you all today is to take a look at these questions and then get honest with you. Get honest with you. Take a look in the mirror. Turn the light of Jesus on. And ask yourself those questions. And, and the next thing is, is if there's something there that you need to discuss, if you're not comfortable doing it at the table, then find one of the ministers here. There's Britt, there's Josh, there's Curtis. There's, and I don't even know all the different elders and, 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 and ministers that are here, okay? But get that out on the table. Dump that stuff. Dump that cup. You were never meant to carry it. Hell was not built for, for humans. It was built for the fallen angels and Satan. God doesn't want anybody to go there. But the choice is yours. It says in, the, in James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Guys, a lot of people have, re, have repented and asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord, Master, and Savior and struggle going back to the same stuff. That scripture right there, whenever, you're, whenever you read that, and if you'll apply it to your life, the word of God says there's healing and, and there's deliverance. So with that, I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity and the honor to share a little bit of your, your word this morning and some of my testimony. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, to invade this place. I pray that you... Uh, Speak to each and every man here. Father, I, 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 not out of a, a, a life of uh, guilt and shame, Father, but 
for the opportunity to walk out total freedom. Father, we thank you. We love you. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray.